With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. I have been taken out to the ball game. Live from the home plate lounge at Remax Field, this is Reed Wilkins. This is Inside Sports on 6.30. Chet, about an hour away from first pitch tonight as your Edmonton prospects take on the Medicine Hat Mavericks. Prospects coming into this game with a record of 4-3. and three. Tough one against the Mavericks last night as uh, they won at 13-3, but the prospects still doing pretty good overall this season. Going to dive right into our first interview because this young man is going to be on the field in less than an hour, so he's taking a bite out of his pregame prep to join us on Inside Sports. Right fielder for the prospects, that is Travis Hunt. Travis, thanks for stopping by. How are you doing? Doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing uh, I'm doing very well. Uh, look, b- baseball, uh, y- you play a lot of games, and uh, some nights uh, they get out of control. Obviously, last night's uh, was tough. Uh, how do you look to bounce back from that one? Um, you know, you just, you just got to stick with the process and uh, just come out and do the same routine. Um, come out, have a better approach to the plate, uh, whether that's in the box or on the mound. Um, and, you know, always always come out ready to win. All right. You're, uh, you're an interesting story. Uh, you are from California. Uh, tell, people, uh, tell people where you grew up. Uh, I grew up in a small city called Moreno Valley, California. Um, it's in between Los Angeles and San Diego. Um, not a very big town, um, but, you know, it's home. Tell me a little bit about getting into baseball as a kid. Was it your first love, your first sport, or how did that develop? Um, well, my dad my dad put a football, a baseball, and a basketball in front of me growing up, and I just so happened to grab the baseball. So here we are. <laughs> and away you went, so you took to it pretty early. Yeah. Uh, I think I started uh, playing baseball when I was around three or four years old. Really? Yeah. And did you ever get into other sports? Um Growing up, probably around six or seven years old, I started playing basketball. Um, I played a little football, but um, my dad didn't want me to get hurt because baseball season was right around the corner. So, you know, I, st- I just stuck around baseball for the most part. Sounds like your dad was a pretty big part of uh, your athletic career. Yeah, he uh, he definitely he definitely pushed me and um, you know re- led me in the right direction. He he never played baseball when he was uh, when he was growing up, but you know. That's my dream, and he was help, he was willing to help me along with it. All right, um, baseball is called America's pastime, though football has sort of surpassed it as the pe- spectator sport and maybe the maybe the the passion. Uh, in but what about the area of the world where you grew up in? What was the number one game? 
Um, I think it was mixed pretty well between all the sports. Um, my high school was was centered around uh, baseball, considering our, our our football team wasn't uh, wasn't top tier, but our baseball team was. You know, we could hold our own against anyone really in the state. So, uh, growing up, it was it was mainly baseball around that part. Okay, um, tell me a little bit about your your development. I I, I know from talking to a lot of baseball players. Um, they usually pitched at some point, little league or into into high school, and then maybe they you know specialize more in, in a position. What was that journey like for you? Um, you know, growing up, I did. I was always. Uh, I was actually a middle infielder um, growing up because I was smaller. But once I got to high school and I started uh, started pitching a little more because I got a little bit bigger. Um, I pitched all the way through high school, and then I didn't transition into the outfield until my senior year of high school. Um, I still pitch here and there. I'm, I actually talked to Jordan. I uh, want him to throw me in on the mound for a couple innings here and there and see what I can get. So so maybe you'll be pitching for the prospects. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what comes up. <laughs> maybe. All right, Travis Hunt joining us on uh, Inside Sports. We're live at REMAX Field. The prospects are going to take on Medicine Hat starting at, uh, at 7 o'clock tonight. Um, Travis, when did you sort of feel, uh, and I mean we'll talk about where you're going to school because you are playing college ball in the States, where did you really start to feel okay? I, I can, I can seriously. I, I mean, I I know you're probably not going to be cocky about this question, but I'll put it this way: When did you start to think, okay, I'm a good baseball player? Like I gotta, I gotta, I gotta chase this. Um, I'd say probably my freshman year of college. I I had a, a manager. His name was Kelly Stinnett. Uh, you know, and he played in the big leagues for 14 years, and uh, I really tried to stick, stay under his wing, and uh, you know, learn a lot from him. And just talking to him, talking to a lot of other people, um, I kind of realized that that year I was like, man, I can, you know, I can really, I could pursue this. You know, I got all the tools. I can, I can definitely pursue this at a higher level. Um, so I started, I started to take it very serious. Um, my freshman year, my freshman year of college at Benedictine. All right, and uh, where's Benedictine? Uh, Benedictine University is in Mesa, Arizona. It's uh, right in downtown Mesa. It's off of uh, Hibbert and Main Street. Okay, so that's that's where you play, and now you're here for the summer in the Western Canadian uh, Baseball League, playing for the Edmonton Prospects. So, give me the story. Your first year here. How did you How did you wind up here? <laughs> how did you weigh all the opportunities? <clears throat> well, during the fall of uh, this past year. Uh, I got a call from Jordan, and he said uh, he said he's he's been following me throughout the years. Um, he's been seeing the numbers I've been putting up, and he wanted me to come out and uh, you know represent this city and um, you know give give the fans give the fans a good show every day and you know help help bring home a championship to Edmonton. So uh, I just told him you know thank you very much for the opportunity and I'll be out there. Had you ever been to Edmonton before? I have not. I've never been out of the states. So this is not. A, this is your first time coming to Canada, then. Yes, sir. Just before the season started. Yes, sir. How's it treating you so far? Uh, I, I like it. I mean, the weather. The weather. It compared to Arizona. Arizona is way hotter than this. So this is real nice. <laughs> this is a bit of a cool down for me. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. Well, maybe you'll see snow at some point this summer. Uh, yeah. I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping. I don't see snow too often. <laughs> well, no. Living between San Diego and LA, I know you've ever seen it. Uh, I've actually have seen it once. It's rained. Okay. It's rained. Uh, I mean, it snowed once in my in my hometown, but that's about it. That's about it. Okay. Now, who's your favorite ball club? Uh, I do like the the Angels, Los Angeles Angels. And any now you mentioned you know 
people can't see it, you're 6'3 and almost 200 pounds. Uh, you're a big guy. Jordan, I talked to your manager, Jordan Blundell, before the show. He said you're a five-tool player. He said you're going to hit what should hit well over 300 this season. So that's awesome. Uh, but you weren't always a big guy. So tell us uh, what player you maybe idolized when, when you were a younger fan. Well, uh, growing up, considering I like the Angels, um, you know, watching them in the World Series run and everything, I took uh, David Eckstein kind of grabbed my eye because me and him, like he wasn't he wasn't really a really big guy, but yet he got the job done always. So I kind of modeled myself after him. Um, you know, not real big, but always always getting the job done, whether it's by hustling out of play or you know, get just getting the job done somehow. Well, Travis, go get him tonight. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you know, pretty close to game time. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I really appreciate it, Thank and I uh, hope fans get to see you play this summer. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. That is Travis Hunt from the Edmonton Prospects. We're inside sports live at Remax Field. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Good to have you tuning in tonight. Raptors tip off at 7 against Golden State. Game 3 of the NBA Finals. Tomorrow on 6.30, Chad, Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final from Boston with the Blues and Bruins tied 2-2. The coverage will start at 6 o'clock. So no inside sports tomorrow. I will rejoin you on Friday night. And I'm live at Remax Field tonight. 7 o'clock first pitch between the Edmonton Prospects and the Medicine Hat Mavericks. We just had uh, current Edmonton Prospects outfielder Travis Hunt on the show as he gets ready to go and I am pleased to reconnect with uh, one of the best baseball players ever to come out of the city of Edmonton and he's still going it is Eric Sobrowski checking in Eric you're on with Reed man good to talk to you again how are you doing I'm good how about yourself Doing very well, and well, it was about a year ago. I uh, I came down one afternoon and talked to you because you'd been drafted by the uh, San Diego Padres in the 14th round of uh, of last year's draft. So that was a pretty cool moment, and we're gonna we're gonna catch up on what you've been through uh, since then, Eric. And, and I guess it hasn't been the smoothest of rides, but it is something that uh, happens sometimes to young pitchers. Uh, pitchers. So tell us uh, tell us what's what's happened to you uh, health wise and pitching wise since you were drafted. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. It's not the uh, the um, start I envisioned having in my pro career, but getting uh, getting surgery or Tommy John surgery is something that's happened to quite a few pitchers these days, and you know it's just it's something that's part of the game now. So tell us what happened when you found out. Was there a specific moment, or did they look at it and say, "Okay, this is you know you're going to need this, so we might as well do it now"? What was it like when you found out you needed Tommy John? Uh, there was no single event that happened really. I think I actually hurt my arm uh, around April at back when I was at school pitching, and uh, it was just after a start one day. It just didn't feel right and kind of never never got back to strength and uh so when the Padres drafted me they brought me down to Phoenix and we did some MRIs and some tests on it and after about a month really of looking into things we decided that I should probably elect for surgery 
As you mentioned, it, it, it is a relatively uh, common surgery, but, uh, you know, obviously not something you wanted to go through. So what is what has the rehab been been like? I mean, I guess almost a year since you had the surgery. Uh, what has the road been like and maybe the stages you've had to go through to, to throwing and, and getting back up to the pitcher you know you can be? Uh, well, it, it starts off pretty rough. The, the first you know, two or three weeks you spend trying to be able to straighten your elbow again or straighten your arm. Just the way the, the surgery works and how they dig in there, you're, uh, you're actually stuck at about 45 degrees right after the surgery. So then, like I said, the next couple of weeks is, you know, regaining, regaining mo- motion and, or range of motion. And then uh, you're in that brace. I think a lot of people have seen that Tommy John style brace. You're in it for about six or seven weeks. So for that first little while, you're really, you're not allowed to run. You, you know, for the first couple of weeks, you can't sweat because you're still at a risk of infection because you have an open wound. And it starts off really rough, but uh, it gets better and um, you progress and you get stronger. And I really thought of it as a, as a year to, you know, get my body right for professional baseball. Eric Sabrowski joining us on Inside Sports Draft Pick of the San Diego Padres from Edmonton, a former Edmonton prospect, telling you about recovering from uh, from Tommy John surgery. So now, so now you're in uh, you're in a Padres camp, or what's going on right now? Yeah, uh, extended spring training just wrapped up today. Actually, it's just uh, it's a, it's a continuation of spring training where just guys who weren't good enough to be sent out to an affiliated team yet are camped until uh, there's a short season team that uh, starts up in Washington State in about a couple weeks so we have a team out there so probably you know 25 guys will go out there and then from that there's also two rookie league teams down here and then of course the guys who just got drafted in the last couple days they'll be showing up pretty soon too okay so are you do you look good to start a game this summer or what do you think is going to happen um, it's still it's still a little early to say. I'd like I'd like to think I'm going to be 100% by August. In that in in that case, I'd be able to get on the mound again in an actual game. But if not, there's uh, there's an instructional league in October as well that uh, I should be able to get some innings in. I, I guess you've really learned a lot about how patient you are as a person, eh? Over the last year. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was joking around with uh, some teammates today just about how today basically, it's, it's today is a year since we've been pros and just how you know they've all been um, progressing their careers and you know playing in games and one of the guys asked you know how do you do it and it's something that you can't really imagine until you're until you're put into the situation and uh, if you had asked me before surgery had I been okay with taking a year off i would have told you you were crazy but going going through it and like i said i get a year to get my body right and kind of learn about pro baseball without also having to play it's, it's been a smooth ease into the game Okay. Uh, Eric, I'm down at Remax Field for the uh, the Prospects game tonight. Just had Travis uh, Hunt on the show, right fielder for the Prospects. Uh, I, I mean, if you had the chance to, to speak to the current edition of the team, I know you were really uh, proud to play here and, and play in Edmonton in front of family and friends a, a lot of nights. What would you say to the, the, the current edition of the team if you had a minute or two in, in front of them in the locker room before tonight's game? 
Just, uh, it's going to be one of the best summers of your life. I know I had the two best summers of my life playing for that team. You're in good hands with uh, Blundell, and it's just embrace the grind of what the, uh, I guess, the now WCBL season is. It's, you got some fun bus trips, some long bus trips, and some fun towns to play in, and just uh, don't take any minute for granted. Okay. Well, you know, I, I, I can tell you you're, you're battling through, and uh, certainly uh, you're still you're only 21, right? Are you still 20? 21. 21. So I mean, you're you're going to recover. You're going to you're going to come back throwing well, and obviously we'll be keeping an eye as, as you move your way up uh, up through the Padres system. Now, we you got to come home in the winter for a little bit, I assume, eh? Yeah, during the Christmas break, I guess we had about three months or three weeks, sorry, off that I was at home. Okay. Cool. Well, Eric, uh, thanks again for checking in. We'll obviously keep in touch and uh, keep fighting, man. I can tell you're on the way back. So uh, thanks for checking in tonight. Awesome. Thanks for having me. That is Eric Zabrowski, who was uh, drafted in the 14th round out of the Edmonton Prospects by San Diego last summer. Left-handed pitcher, a big guy, can throw with power and like uh, hundreds of pitchers in the world these days went through Tommy John surgery on his way back. So uh, we wish all the best to him. Great to be here at Remax Field. Game at 7 between the Prospects and the Medicine Hat Mavericks. Uh, they will hit the road for a couple of games in Brooks on Thursday and Friday. This Saturday they host Okotoks, who they've had a playoff rivalry with over the last two or three years. That is minor baseball night. Any kids in a uniform top will get in for 5 bucks. They are going to have fireworks uh, if the fire ban is lifted. Obviously they got to put safety first. So that's going on there. And uh, the prospects always uh, ramping up for uh, their big Canada Day game. That's uh, obviously July 1st against Moose Jaw. That's always a big draw for them. A lot of fun. They have fireworks after the game that night as well. Prospectsbaseballclub.com to get more information on the team and on the schedule. We will have a former Edmonton Trapper on the show uh, later on. A guy who pitched several seasons in the big leagues for the Angels and the White Sox. Kirk McCaskill who uh, was also a draft pick of the old Winnipeg Jets and a pretty good hockey player. And uh, his memories of playing a year in Edmonton I think are going to revolve around the Oilers as much as they did around his experiences with the Trappers. And as uh, we get you ready for the Raptors game at 7, former Raptors general manager Glenn Grunwald, now an executive with Basketball Canada, is going to check in after the 6.30 news. We're live at REMAX Field, Inside Sports on 6.30 Chet. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, 
right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is the Yankees leading the Blue Jays 4-3 in the top of the fifth. FC Edmonton in action tonight against the York Nine. This is not a Canadian Premier League game. It is uh, a game in the Canadian Championship where all the Canadian pro teams uh, at a different levels play down. Uh, not going well for FC Edmonton against the York Nine. It is 3-1 in the 67th minute for uh, York leading FC. That's game, the leg one of a two-leg aggregate. They will be back on uh, the pitch at Clark Field one week from tonight. We are live at REMAX Field tonight. You can say hi in the home plate lounge if you're coming to the game. 7 o'clock first pitch. The Edmonton Prospects 4-3 uh, and three on the season, taking on the 3-2 and two Medicine Hat Mavericks. We will uh, hook up with Glenn Grunwald, former general manager of the Toronto Raptors, in a few minutes. As, oh, we have him right now. Well, let's uh, let's bring him in right now. We will wait no longer. Glenn, Grun Grun uh, Glenn Grunwald checking in this evening. <laughs> Glenn, you're on with Reed Wilkins in Edmonton. How are you doing? Reed, bit of a tongue twister there, I know, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's good, very good. I'm excited about tonight's game, and uh, our men, uh, under 16 men, set the stage. They they finished the, the preliminary round for the under 16 America's Championships today by beating Puerto Rico by 20. Well, and I, I just got that notification in my email earlier today. So uh, 3-0 and in the group phase at the U16 uh, Americas. And, of course, I want to talk to you about that, too, because, of course, uh, uh, you're currently working for, for Canada basketball. But the, the Raptors a huge story as well and yeah, history yeah. there. So I, so I want to start there, Glenn. I mean, first of all, and, and, I, and I, said this, I, I said this last night, and you've probably found this. And, look, I don't want to disrespect fans from coast to coast who have been Raptors fans for a long time or since the beginning but I mean I think you know Sportsnet and TSN they alternate the games they've had crowds or they, they've had viewership over six seven million uh, I got co-workers who I didn't think could spell basketball I, I walk by conversations in the lunchroom and I hear them talking about Danny Green and guys coming off the bench I mean it's going to be amazing for you to kind of see uh, a, a, an awakening for a lot of fans who maybe hadn't paid a lot of attention to the sport before no, it's it's great, and and you know everyone's welcome on board the good ship Raptors, right? So yeah, and everyone loves a winner, and and so hopefully uh, you know they're not uh, just going to be fair weather fans, but obviously you're you're. you're you know, you're doing a lot better when the team's winning and com actually competing for for a world championship here. So it's it's great to see, and and you know, the more the more people that enjoy the exciting sport of basketball, the better for 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 everyone that's involved in the game. I'm hoping you can take me back to the mid '90s when you're the assistant GM for the expansion Toronto Raptors. Two Canadian teams joined the league, Vancouver as well. One made it, and one didn't. Uh, what were those early days like? Did you ever have those? Are we going to make it? Uh, type moments, or what was the start of the journey like? You know, you know, we always did pretty well at the gate. Uh, you know, we were playing in some, uh, you know, uh, the Sky Dome, now the Rogers Center, that wasn't the best the facility for basketball. But you know, we, I think we were third in attendance our first year because we could fill it up with so many people. Uh, and it was again, you know, not everyone uh, knew a lot about basketball, but there is always a good grassroots uh, level of basketball in Canada, and 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 we exposed it to more people, and 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 then it grew and grew, and uh, you know, so today we're we're you know one of the you know top franchises and all the NBA uh, a lot of key moments while you were there when you were the GM you, you brought in 
Uh, you know, a guy who uh, was maybe the, the... There were stars. I don't know if there was a superstar, though, until you got Vince Carter. Uh, take me back to the to the day of the 1998 draft, and the, the Raptors didn't actually draft uh, Vince Carter. Tell me about uh, orchestrating that deal and, and bringing Vince to Toronto. Well, I was always sold on Vince, so he was my top choice in that draft, and that was a very good draft, so... Dirk Nowitzki and Paul Pierce were both drafted after Vince too, uh, so uh, you know it w- was a very good draft. But I, I just, I just loved Vince's enth- uh, enthusiasm, his athleticism, and, and his skill level. Uh, some people didn't think he was going to be that skilled uh, in the draft, but I always thought he was going to be good. Now his teammate at North Carolina was uh, Antoine Jameson, and Golden State Warriors were drafting right after us, and they were afraid we were, and, and they didn't really like Vince. So they were afraid we were going to draft Antoine Jameson and then trade him to Dallas, who was picking right after uh, uh, Golden State. So they they wanted to ensure that they were going to be able to draft Antoine Jameson. So they offered us a bit of money to uh, to draft Antoine, and then they agreed to draft Vince. And, uh, and that way we saved a bit of money, made a little bit of money, and uh, that's all. It was just uh, them making sure that they got their guy while we, we got a little bit of something while we were able to draft our guy. Man, that 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 is uh, that is quite a deal. You got to obviously trust. Them. <laughs> you got to trust the other GMs you're dealing. Uh, well, we we had the owners talk to each other to make sure that they would, uh, you know, not uh, change up, change it up. So Larry Tannenbaum uh, spoke to. Uh, I don't know, who is it? Uh, Chris Cohen back there? I don't even know who was the owner back in uh, Golden State at that time. But yeah, it was so it all it all worked out well. And, and, and you know, I got to ask you more about Vince. And, and again, I'm not trying to downplay the you know the the Damon Stoudemire's and, and and some of the early guys. But you know, I, I remember that, and uh, you know, I just thought Carter's athleticism, his highlight reel ability, and the fact that you guys started winning more games and got into the playoffs, he added so much so much credibility to 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 the franchise. I mean, was that did you feel that shift with having him on the team, and maybe even you know, and then the Grizzlies faded out, and maybe he became even more of Canada's team. Well, he was just so athletic and exciting, and uh, and plus we were winning with him, uh, so we didn't. Uh, we barely missed the playoffs this first year. It was a lockout shortened year, uh, but we had a very good year, and we were you know very close to making the playoffs in, in his first year. So the combination of his exciting athletic play with a with a pretty good team and uh, you know a bright future for the franchise uh, was was really exciting to fans, and I think rejuvenated them after a very difficult year. Uh, the, the prior year, so you know, we had been I think was it 16 and 66 the year before Vince arrived, and and he turned it around pretty quickly. So so it was uh, a great addition to the the sports landscape in in Canada to have such an exciting and winning player come along. All right, uh, look, most tenures in pro sports, Glenn, as you know. And with someone getting fired, it it, it, it happened to you. Uh-huh. Uh, when you when you look at sort of uh, how it ended with you at the Raptors, uh, how do you look back on it? You know, any any regrets or anything you say? Oh, I should have zigged when I should have zagged, or, or or anything like that. Yeah, I know you make a couple of mistakes. You know, you make a bad coaching decision. Uh, you have some injuries. You don't do as well as anticipated, and uh, you know that's the way it goes sometimes. But uh, it was a great run in Toronto, and I'm very happy for for uh, all the fans that have been around and the new fans uh, because uh, it's it's it is a great sport, and the Raptors organization has really grown. And Masai Ujiri and his team, Nick Nurse, they've all done a tremendous job. So we should all be happy and proud of them. 
Well, and, and let me ask you about the, the move from last summer, uh, DeRozan for, for Leonard. And I know, obviously, uh, Green came over in that deal as well. So a pretty significant one for the Raptors. You know, a, as a former GM and, and a guy who would have, you know, b been trying to swing big deals like that, when you, when you saw that go down, uh, did you think it was going to turn out to be as significant as it has? Well, no, I, I didn't know. Uh, I, I knew that Kawhi was obviously an all-NBA type player, but I didn't know he was that good and uh, had that effective in terms of making things happen. He's really risen to the occasion. So I thought it was a great move uh, when it happened, and uh, and now obviously it's it's turned out as about as good as possible. All we have to do is uh, get him resigned back in Toronto, and and it'll be a, a grand slam home run as as opposed to. Uh, uh, a three-run homer. How's that? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. You probably heard I'm doing the show from yeah. a baseball stadium tonight. Yeah, so yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a great way to put it. Glenn Grunwald joining us on Inside Sports tonight. He's a former general manager of the Toronto Raptors and uh, enjoying their uh, their run here through the, through the playoffs. Just, just one more on the series. Um, mm -hmm. Is there... You know, because you would have seen how athletes handled pressure situations, and, and sometimes at the highest level, it can be a mental edge that puts you over the top. Do you think there is a mystique level about the Warriors that the Raptors are going to have to get over to ultimately win this series? Well, there, yeah, maybe there's a bit of that. Uh, they're, they're obviously an experienced and battle-tested team. Uh, you know, been to the finals five years in a row now, so that's that's pretty amazing just to do that. So, so, so they're 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 uh, you know they're going to be tough to upset. But I don't think the Raptors feel that they they can't beat them. I think that they've only been together really for a short time, but all of them have great playoff experience. You know, adding a Kawhi Leonard who's been a playoff MVP, uh, Marcus Gasol who's battled in the playoffs for so long. Uh, Danny Green's been in the playoffs. Really, the only, you know, uh, relatively inexperienced players, Pascal Siakam, in the starting lineup, and and he's been a, a real godsend this year. So the Raptors are are a veteran, tough, uh, but confident uh, team, and and I think they're capable of doing. That. I think they're capable of pulling off the victory here in this series. So when when you were evaluating players, whether it was somebody you might want to trade for or sign or draft. How deeply would you delve into their background? What were some of the things you would try to do to find out about their mental makeup and the kind of person they were? Because, I, you know, I know GMs, you don't maybe talk a lot about that publicly at, at, at the time, but it, it's a big part, I think, of, of selecting who's going to be on your team. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the, the personality, the attitude, that's so critical. My, my old... Uh college basketball coach Bobby Knight used to say the mental is to the physical as three is to one so so we tried to do as much background checking and gathering intelligence as possibly could we could talking to you know family friends past coaches teammates uh, you know if we were allowed to do it psychology tests things of that nature uh, you know background checks uh, you know talking to the limo driver that took him for to and from the airport just trying to gather as much information as you can to try and, and, and then obviously interviews and getting to know them a little bit face-to-face. Uh, -face. So as much information as you can get uh, uh, is, is critically important. And then trying to figure out what the right personality mix is for the team is, you know, further complicates it. Okay, I want to transition here uh, into your role, President and CEO of, of Canada Basketball as well. You, you mentioned the uh, the good run that the uh, the U16 team is having at the U16 Americas Championship, so so that is awesome. 
Glenn, well, I'll, I'll kind of ask you a, a general one, but I think I'll, I think you'll know where I'm going. How, how would you describe to maybe the average sports fan listening where the, the space Canada currently occupies on the international basketball stage? How would you sum that up? Well, I think we're one of the top basketball nations in the world now. Our our women's team is ranked fifth in the world, and and Edmonton, by the way, is is a key part of that. That's the the home of our of our women's national team. So they're in fact in Edmonton right now, training for their Olympic qualification process. It's going to take place over the next year to get to Tokyo. So so they're in they're in town right now, doing a lot of community events, but also training for a, an exhibition tour in Belgium and in England that's coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so we have a great women's program, and uh, then we have a great men's program too. Uh, you know, we have uh, we're currently ranked number two in the world for our uh, underage men's programs, under under 16 and under 18s or 19s now. Uh, so so we're the defending world champions uh, in our under 19 category. We beat the U.S. and Egypt two years ago, and now we're going to defend the gold medal in Crete this summer. And then our men are. are senior men's team is doing very well obviously we have a lot of nba players 13 in the nba this year more than any other country outside of the uh u.s and we hope to have as many as eight players drafted into the nba this summer on june 20th so the future is very bright uh and uh you know i think it goes to a lot of the people across canada that are coaching at the grassroots levels and uh working really hard to uh, develop players at all levels and then we're the beneficiaries of the sort of the cream of the crop that competes and make Canada proud in these international competitions. Uh, how do you, how if at all do you think the Canadian Elite Basketball League can help? I, I went to see the Edmonton Stingers play the Saskatchewan uh, Rattlers on uh, Friday. Uh, former U of A Golden Bear star Jordan Baker, one of the top players on this team, is is the CEBL uh, important to to how Canadian basketball can grow as well? Very much so. Uh, so it's it's another league uh, where uh, you know our our you know players that aren't quite NBA players yet often go overseas uh, during the basketball season in the fall and winter, and uh, we don't get to see them anymore. But now they're coming back. These really really good players uh, that are Canadian, but but playing away from home, get a chance to play in front of their friends and family. Uh, in places like Edmonton and Saskatoon and, and Guelph and Hamilton, and hopefully it'll grow further. Plus, we're, you know, totally integrated with uh, with the CEBL, where they've agreed to uh, play by our rules, have, you know, seven out of the ten players on their roster will be Canadian, uh, so we're developing players, and we're giving opportunities for, for youth sports players and college players to continue their career and, and aspire to, 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 to continue to grow and develop players so it's it's really uh, helped our long-term athlete development model and provides you know further opportunities for people to enjoy watching basketball too it's, it's a if you have a chance to get to watch a game in the CBL it's, it's a very entertaining athletic and highly skilled player so it's a, yeah. just another basketball experience that people can enjoy yeah, I really enjoyed the pace of the game at the Edmonton Expo Center here on Friday night. Uh, I want to ask you a little bit about the uh, well, the the 3x3, as I'm told it it, it should be called. And you mentioned the Canadian women's team and, and the Plouffe sisters, Catherine and Michelle, were on my show last night. They've decided to step away from the national team. They're going to pursue uh, the, the the 3x3. They're not quite sure how they're going to try to get there yet but they want to make a run at the Olympics. Uh, what can you say about, uh, I mean, look, Glenn, the way I put it to them last night was 
three-on-three basketball was something you did as a kid because you didn't have access to a gym for a full court game uh, but, but you know now it's going to be an olympic sport how has this sport how has 3x3 become so prominent and how is canada going to fit in on that stage because you know the ploofs are working on the women's side but we have a lot of uh, male athletes trying to make the olympics too Right. Well, we, we've had, uh, you know, Steve Sir and, and his crowd have really been uh, competing in the 3x3 for a long time now and, and are working hard to qualify for the Olympics. And we spoke to Michelle the last couple of days about, you know, trying to make sure that we can support her as best we can. She's going to have a busy summer playing all across the world trying to uh, garner enough points to qualify for the Olympics. So. She's assembled a pretty good team, and, uh, you know, if they do well and and stay healthy, they're going to have an excellent chance to try and qualify for the Olympics. So it's great to see, you know, these young, dedicated uh, uh, players really work to try and represent our country when when the 2020 Olympics roll roll around here in in Tokyo. So so it's an exciting opportunity, and I think it's uh, really at its – given this is the first year it's in the Olympics, I think it's just at the – you know, just at the early stages of its growth. And it'll be another, again, another great opportunity for people to play and enjoy basketball. If you get, I know there's a few events happening in and around Edmonton there too, so people can get out and watch those. That'd be awesome. Glenn, I hope we can do this again. I got to let you find your uh, easy chair or your lucky spot for the Raptors game here tonight. But uh, thanks for some memories of the Raptors and letting us know what's going on with Canada basketball as well. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. All the best. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me on, and and let's root those Raptors on to victory tonight. Okay. Right on. That is Glenn Grunwald checking in tonight, uh, former general manager of the uh, Toronto Raptors and now with uh, Canada Basketball as president and CEO. So a a busy guy, enjoyed his perspective, some memories there of Vince Carter, the Raptors' early days, uh, trading for Vince Carter, getting into the playoffs, and of course where we are uh, internationally. And, you know, he he made a good point. 13 Canadians in the NBA, that is the most of any nation not named the United States. Which is, which I mean, that's basically a team worth of Canadians in in the NBA. Thirteen may not sound like a big number, but if you look at it that way, there's a one team uh, of of Canadians playing in the NBA right now. Great to have Glenn on the show. We'll update you on the Raptors game when it starts at the top of the hour. Inside Sports live at Remax Field. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, I can also tell you Clay Thompson out of the lineup tonight for the Golden State Warriors as they host the Raptors in Game 3 of the NBA Finals. In the next half hour of the show, we will update you on the uh, annual McKenzie Tour stop that comes through uh, Edmonton. It is going to be called the 1932 by Bateman Open, and we will explain that name for you uh, when we get back after the 7 o'clock news. Also, beautiful weather, beautiful course, only thing missing, you. 6.30, Chet and the Ranch Golf and Country Club want you and a friend to golf this championship-caliber course this summer. Call in now to win a pair of passes. Good for two 18-hole rounds of golf at the Ranch Golf and Country Club. We will do uh, caller number 5, 780-496-0063. Call in, tell Kellen he's beautiful, and uh, he'll give you the passes. Do they have to tell you you're beautiful, Kellen, or will you just give caller number 5 the pass? Anyway. I'm just going to give them the passes anyway. <laughs> but you, but you won't hold it against them if they if they tell you you're beautiful. Oh no! In fact, I'll make my uh, you know happy list. So there we go. <laughs> 
That's incredible. Back after the 7 o'clock news, Inside Sports, live from REMAX Field, Prospects and Medicine Hat about to get going. 6.30 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.